You are listening to Stand Out on LinkedIn, indispensable truths, tools, and tips, a show designed specifically to help you stand out. I'm Colleen McKenna, your host. I'm the author of It's Business, Not Social, and a longtime blogger, speaker, LinkedIn trainer, and coach. It's Business Not Social is our philosophy and method designed to help you stand out on LinkedIn. This podcast is for everyone looking to maximize their brand, network, career, and business initiatives. Meaning, finding a job, hiring, selling, and marketing. That pretty much includes most people. I will be talking with the experts on our Intero advisory team, outside experts whose insight I value, and sometimes it might just be me. Whatever the format, the goal is to get you closer to gaining traction and being a standout on LinkedIn. Let's dive in. Welcome to Stand Out on LinkedIn, indispensable truths, tools, and tips. I'm Colleen, your host. Stand Out on LinkedIn is brought to you by Intero Advisory, the leader in LinkedIn branding, sales, and recruiting enablement. Today, Sydney and I are going to talk about LinkedIn Sales Navigator. LinkedIn Sales Navigator is a pretty indispensable tool for us as we help with LinkedIn enablement. First, for those of you who don't know Sydney Cusick, she's Intero's Director of Client Engagement and works directly with clients on their LinkedIn outreach strategy. She's a sales navigator expert. I wouldn't go so far to say she's a Sales Navigator Ninja. I don't know anyone who knows more about Sales Navigator than Sydney. She's been working in Sales Navigator for probably the entire time she's been with Intero, which is five years in January. So welcome, Sid. Hi, glad to be here. If you know Sydney, you know you can also call her Sid. Let's talk about Sales Navigator. So you've been working in Sales Navigator for five years. You've seen it change. You've probably worked with maybe, what, 250 clients in Sales Navigator? Definitely. Tell me your three favorite things about Sales Navigator. Sure. Wow, to narrow it down to three. So (laughs) personally, just overall, I love Sales Navigator with its ability to increase the amount of people you can see on LinkedIn. So really allowing you to tap into your second and really your third level connections. You know, those third level connections, you have no mutual connections. And in LinkedIn.com, you just don't have as much visibility into those folks that are perhaps in your target audience. And Sales Navigator really gives you that view. Number two, I love the different filters. And there are some filters that I prefer. For instance, I guess this is kind of two and three. For instance, my favorite filter is the past lead and account activity. So it allows you to remove your saved leads and remove your viewed leads from that list or your saved search. And essentially having those filters on, you are then taking those people out that you've saved to a list that you viewed and perhaps they're not your target audience. And this way, each time you go into your saved search, it is a fresh search result list. You're not looking at people you've already saved. You're not looking at people you already viewed because why why duplicate those efforts there? Number three, I love the ability to search by people and by companies. So depending upon what you are, what your goal is in that particular moment of sourcing in Sales Navigator, 
you know, the algorithm isn't perfect. So I actually tend to search by companies um, much more frequently than I do by people, simply because in a people search, and it's called leads search um, in Sales Navigator, is that the people are going to be in the right geographic area, um, but perhaps the company's not. So for some folks who need the company headquarters in the same geographic area as the person they're looking for, there's not as much consistency and the algorithm isn't perfect for that in a in a lead search, but in an account search, you know that the headquarters is in the comp- uh, is in the right area as well as the company size is correct. Sometimes in a people search or in a lead search, they may be pulled into your search results because they fit your title, they fit your geography, but it might be their past company that was, you know, 51 to 200 employees, so they get pulled in, but their current company is 11 to 50. Mm-hmm. Very often I'm talking to people, actually have had two conversations today and with leaders of the sales team, right? So VP of, of sales for one company, head of marketing for another company, they want to do some training. My question is, tell me what versions of LinkedIn your salespeople are using. Are you using Sales Navigator? Oh, Sales Navigator. We tried Sales Navigator. We didn't really see the value. My next question is usually, did you have a strategy? So let's dive into that a little bit, because I think that that's really the kind of the missing piece 99% of the time. Would you agree? I would, yes. So what, you know, when I I start talking about the process, by the way, that you created, right? So we started really working with clients on using Sales Navigator in a much more strategic way five years ago. And we've done, and you have done a lot of searches since then, and you've tweaked and really um, created a process that is very specific. And you are known for saying, trust the process. So let's talk about what you see in Sales Navigator with most clients not having a strategy. Sure. So yes, definitely trusting the process. This is not going to be the tool is going to increase the amount of people you can see exponentially uh, versus LinkedIn.com. However, with anything, it does take a little bit of time to get ramped up to create momentum. So, you know, you one in your strategy, you need to create good messaging, messaging that's going to resonate with the folks that you are reaching out to. With that, um, I have found in the past that you know, perhaps a more direct messaging approach works best in generating response. Um, And I think that's because people can clearly see and understand why you're reaching out to them. It also is going to people who aren't interested or are not a good fit, they're going to self-select out. They're going to say not interested immediately. So thinking about your messaging strategy, you know, using something that is going to resonate with the people that you are reaching out to in order to create a response In addition to that, in your messaging, I would also suggest adding a call to action and that call to action be a question. As we've all been ingrained, you know, when someone asks you a question that elicits a response, um, that's kind of our natural reaction. So creating that question in your messaging is going to hopefully elicit a response from them and then they are going to respond to you. So that would be kind of my thoughts on the messaging strategy there. So for Using Sales Navigator to find the people that you are looking for, creating a safe search that you can go back to. So when you create a safe search, make it your basic search. So using the geography filter, using the title filter 
little little note here that I have found. If you're looking for C-suite people, then put in vice president so you can exclude it. Because I have found that when using the title options such as uh, CEO or president, a lot of vice presidents get pulled into the search results because of that president piece there. So by adding vice president, you can exclude them from your search results. And then adding in your choosing the filters for second and third level connections. This way you can eliminate your first level connections if you're not interested in looking at them for your particular search. So really with creating this bare bones search in saving it, next time you go in, you can manipulate the filters and and make those tweaks without losing your initial search. And then as you modify it, just continue to save it and see what that's going to produce. Once you have created your save search and you are actively going through the list, I will say it's going to take a little bit of weeding through. Not everyone on that list is going to fit every single piece of your criteria simply because the algorithm is not perfect. So when looking at your search results to find the people you want to target, my process is taking a look at their full profile. And I prefer to open them in a new tab. So you right click on the person's name, click on open in a new tab. This way you don't have to keep hitting the back button. So you take a look at the person's full profile. You are able to get a better view and understanding of them and their background. And then I also take a look at the company page from there. So just clicking on the company page. And then if I deem that they are someone I want to target and reach out to, then I will save them in the upper right-hand corner in Sales Navigator. It says save, and it's going to ask you to save them to a specific list. One of the neat things about Sales Navigator is they want to help you create, to some extent, a CRM where you have these lists of people that you can organize them in the way that works best for you. So some folks that I work with, they like to sort of use it as a sales cycle. So one list is kind of their their cold prospects. No outreach has been completed yet. Then they have a list for outreach completed. And then as they just continue through the cycle, there are different lists for that. And the folks that they have saved get moved. So it's really kind of identifying what workflow is going to work best for you. But in terms of sourcing and, and looking at the strategy of it, once you have your safe search, it's going to be spending time just going through that list. It's, it's a manual process. Taking a look at each individual profile, each company page, you know, takes a few minutes per person. However, if you are intentional about it, you schedule time on your calendar and you treat it as if it is one of your top prospects, you're not going to miss that meeting, right? So if you if you schedule it on your calendar, you treat it as a high value activity, and and you commit to that, you can work through your search results, you can save them to the appropriate lists, and you can send your outreach messages. Great. So a couple of things that I heard there. One, creating that search, the ability, Sales Navigator gives you the ability to add filters and then exclude filters, which you cannot do in LinkedIn.com. And one of the other things that I heard you say, and I really want you to um, emphasize how important this is, you ha- you are basically hand-selecting people from the search. You're not assuming that the first 
10, 15, 20, 30, 50, 100 people in that search are correct. Yep. Yep. So you are, you are hand selecting every person that you want to target in your outreach. So knowing that spending the few extra minutes to take a look at their full profile, take a look at their company page to ensure that what you can see is, is who you want to do business with and who you want to reach out to. Because otherwise, if you save the first 50 and you just blindly send connection requests to them, you're ultimately going to waste some of your time and some of their time if it's not the right fit and they're not the right person for you. So save yourself the time in the beginning, spend that extra couple of minutes. So that way down the road, you're not excited about having someone express interest and they're not the right fit. Mm -hmm. And we've seen that a number of times, haven't we? Because lots of people that we know have used automation to what they would consider optimize and we would consider dilute this process. Totally. Yep. I think the it truly is about that you've hand selected. You're being very intentional. You're not just firing off connection requests because ultimately that's going to dilute your brand. You know, it's going to make it seem like you are just mass messaging people because it doesn't look intentional. It doesn't look personalized. So the the difference truly is hand selecting the people. And we actually have a pretty strong philosophy on and and kind of a deal breaker for us if you've used automation before because we are pretty anti-automation. We've talked about that. Jim Cusick and I have talked about that previously in other podcast episodes. Um, and, you know, and people who's often think that sales navigators that that magic bullet, right? That that it is it's going to completely make everything happen faster. And it could be more efficient, but not necessarily always faster. So you talked a little bit about momentum. Can you elaborate? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So with the momentum, you know, just really trusting the process, you know, in week one of you doing outreach, consistent outreach, you may have a couple of people respond and say, yeah, I'd love to learn more, or I'd love to have a conversation in week two. You may not have as many people or any people. So the key in this is that knowing that you are truly at the mercy of the people you are looking at and reaching out to in how they use LinkedIn, how frequently they use LinkedIn, and is it one of their preferred communication methods? Because, you know, we could send connection requests all day long, all week long, but I can't, you know, you or I can't go knock on the person's door and say, hey, I sent you a connection request. Can you please uh, accept that so we can have a conversation? So it's really knowing that it's going to take some time. Momentum is going to build. You're going to get into a rhythm of identifying the right people, finding the right messaging that's going to work for your target audience. And the momentum is just going to continue to build. It's with anything, you, you know, you're going to start and not be perhaps as confident in the beginning, but as you are using Sales Navigator intentionally and diligently, you're going to become very proficient at it. Your momentum is going to build and you'll be off and running. And it's interesting. I was talking to somebody who really was using Sales Navigator, but they're, they're on the marketing side. 
And the comment was, you know, I couldn't get enough contact information out of Navigator to make Navigator worth it for me. So I was looking people up in Navigator and then I was going to Zoom Info and I was getting contact information from Zoom, Zoom Info, but then I was finding that Zoom Info was actually outdated and those people weren't even there anymore. And she was like, it was such a vicious circle. What's your thought on that? And it goes back to, I'm like, my response to her was, um, you kind of missed a key, a key component of what we would consider a best practice in Sales Navigator. And that's actually building the network within Sales Navigator, meaning that the goal should be to, if these are the right people that you should be connecting with, because they could be a good connection, a strategic partner, a client, a customer, whatever, even a candidate to hire, then you should want to connect with that person, right? So connecting with them typically means that we usually have access to their email address. So can you talk about the philosophy and about connecting versus just seeing them and saving them in Sales Navigator? Mm -hmm. Yes. So the philosophy behind that is, is really Sales Navigator is not the tool to be using just to find contact info. Similar to LinkedIn.com, if you're not connected to someone, you won't be able to see their contact info unless they have it in their about section. So that's not really, like Colleen said, not probably not the best practice for using Sales Navigator. So yes, so we want we want to connect with the people that we are, are looking at in our target audience because it allows us to then see their contact info if it's on their profile. They have to have that setting set up correctly in order for you to view that. Um, also, once you connect with them, um, this this connection piece, you know, I mentioned earlier using a more direct messaging approach. So for certain objectives, yes, that is really, really great strategy for that. Also, we do want to take a moment and, and like Colleen said, create the right connections for whatever reason, but also creating the relationship. It's not going to be super transactional. It's not going to be, um, you know, the magic bullet in someone's going to respond. Yes, I want to do business with you. Let's talk today at 2 p.m. You know, you're going to have to have a few conversations to establish, is it a good fit? Um, is this the right person to, to be doing business with? So in, in order to find all of that, find their contact information, I always suggest sending a connection request versus an in-mail or a message because you have that extra, there's that extra layer there once you connect with them. Right. And in fact, what very often people don't realize about in-mail is that if you send an in-mail and somebody doesn't accept it, you don't get that credit back. So you can, you can really go through your 30 in-mails per month pretty quickly. You could go through the 30 in-mails in 20 minutes and then you don't have any. Um, you get them back if somebody accepts it. Most people really don't know how to accept an in-mail in terms of the person being the recipient. And then, and then you still have to send them another connection request. And most people are like, wait, didn't Sydney already just send me a connection request? I'm confused. So, you know, are we really believe that just start with that personalized connection request and be building a network. So once again, whether in Navigator or LinkedIn.com, it's about, hey, be interested in the people that you should be connecting with and then start to engage with them, but get connected with them first. Mm -hmm. Right? 
Let's talk about on the account side, because you talked a lot about doing searches from the account side. And we work with a number of clients who do more account-based marketing, or they're trying to get into a very large account. And I love the account mapping feature within Sales Navigator. So I can basically build out almost, you know, really build out an org chart for that particular company and start to see who I'm, how I'm connected into that company or how I might create a pathway to get connected to that company. And then LinkedIn in Navigator sends me recommended leads for that company. What do you think about the account mapping feature, Sydney? Yeah, similar to what you said, I think it's really great for creating that org chart and finding the right pathway in. Um, you know, perhaps you have 25 mutual connections with the VP of sales, and really you want to be talking to the you know CEO or president. Perhaps you start with a connection request to the vice president you know, create that relationship, get that connection, and then ask for either an introduction, you know, say, hey, I'm also connected to this person in your company. So you're creating context in your personalized connection requests, so that it's not a another cold message. Um, It's a little bit warmer, you've created context into how you know them, how you know the company, to really increase your chances of someone accepting your connection request. Right. On an average B2B buying decision, there's 5.4 people involved. That might be slightly higher now than it was um, 2019, but somewhere right around five to six people. And while that may not be true for everybody who might be listening, it's probably true for a lot of people. So building out that network. And one of the things that I often suggest when I'm training and coaching is be connected to the people on the sales side, right? They may not be the buyer necessarily, but find those people, use that account mapping feature, find those people because they're natural connectors or they should be. Um, Heads of business development, some of my favorite people to, to connect with and get to know because they can help bring you in to the organization. And so suddenly we can uncover some more creative ways to begin to gain greater traction within any company. What's your thought on that? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, it, it, one of the things I've, I've always said working at Intero um, the past couple of years is it's all about who you know, but it's also about who the people you know know, right? So creating that pathway in, creating the relationships, like you said, with the head of business development those folks having that relationship with them is going to make it easier or hopefully a little bit easier when you are having other conversations, they can help you get your foot in the door and even more so too, um, taking, you know, kind of the buying and the sales cycle out of it, figuring out the people that you know, who they know, they can help you connect you and get you jobs, introduce you to other people, things of that nature. So you really want to be, you know, creating a very valuable network, not just, oh, these 20 people fit my criteria. Let's just mass message all of them um, and see what happens. We want to be really intentional about who we are connecting with. Exactly. Going back to the um, the automation piece, we've talked at length at Atero about the automation on LinkedIn, how much automation there is, LinkedIn's now trying to really take positive steps to rein that automation in. 
So LinkedIn is um, rolling out a lot of changes on LinkedIn.com and Sales Navigator, but in LinkedIn.com, we're seeing far more constraints on what you can actually do and how far you can reach out through LinkedIn.com. So with that in mind, do you think um, Sales Navigator will become an even more important tool if you want to use LinkedIn for business development? Yes. If you're going to do business development, I highly recommend Sales Navigator. Um, I mean, really the premium, the LinkedIn premium that was the premium a few years ago has sort of transitioned really into providing insights for job seekers. I think there's a couple of other, you know, good features there, but it's not what it used to be. So really, if you, if you were doing any sort of business development, you need Sales Navigator. Um, and we are seeing some of the constraints in Sales Navigator as well, such as you can only send up to 100 connection requests per week. So really, you know, leveraging that, knowing that you have that restraint and being very intentional about who you're choosing to send those connection requests to. And I think the positive steps for the automation in LinkedIn cracking down, I think is actually really, it's really great. I mean, the automation was is a great tool for volume, but ultimately there's no really control over who it gets sent to. So volume's great. However, quality, not so much. And then it dilutes your brand, dilutes your personal brand. And it just is not an overall good look. Right. It really dilutes your network too. And as we talk about all the time, LinkedIn looks at three things, the content on your profile to understand who you are, the relevancy of your network and rewards you for activity and engagement. Right. So if you have a really random network, mm -hmm. You have a really random network. So it's like an address book, right? Like it's not so helpful after all. So I'm not the person and, and in Tarot, we don't necessarily talk about you have to have the biggest network. It's about the engagement on that work network. Do those people actually know who you are? Will they return your call or your message? Do they look at your profile and think you have credibility? So that goes back to the profile. It all kind of comes together. But um, Sales Navigator in full disclosure, we recommend Sales Navigator for business development. We do not earn a penny for the recommendation of Sales Navigator from LinkedIn or any other source. So disclaimer, um, really important there. Um, we, we just see the difference in the value of using Sales Navigator when our, it's business, not social slash Sydney's process is included. One of the things that you mentioned, and then we'll wrap up, Sydney, is you mentioned Sales Navigator is a little bit like a CRM. If you have the team version of, of Sales Navigator, and there's three versions, professional, one-off, so an individual would use professional. If you're part of a team, you might go for the team version of Sales Navigator. And then if you're a really large um, sales organization, you would have enterprise. So 95 9% of our clients or probably 98% of our clients are professional members with Sales Navigator. For those that are the team version, there's analytics for the team administrators, which is really helpful in managing sales pipelining and understanding the usage of the team. And so people can, somebody's not using Sales Navigator, gets maybe reassigned to another salesperson. But for those, there is some integration with Salesforce, HubSpot, and some other, and Microsoft Dynamics, of course, Microsoft being um, the parent company of LinkedIn. So many of our clients um, 
do not have a CRM attached to LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Um, Sydney and her team have created a, the um, implemented another tool called Airtable. You've heard me talk about Airtable on this podcast before, where we're actually pulling the information out of Sales Navigator, putting it into the template Sydney created in Airtable. And Sydney, you're Talk a little bit about what you're able to see in Airtable. So how you manage a workflow with a client, just high level in Airtable. Sure. I absolutely love Airtable. <laughs> Going back to, you know, Colleen's disclaimer of Sales Navigator. Um, yes, we do not earn a penny. However, I would not be able to do what I do without Sales Navigator for all of my clients. So just putting that out there too. So Airtable, I love Airtable. Um, I just think in terms of tracking the people that you are reaching out to, as well as tracking, you know, uh, the day of when it gets sent, um, tracking each communication just creates a lot of transparency in your organization across your teams on when was the last message sent? When should I send the next message? I had a call today with someone about Airtable and they were like, hmm, this kind of looks like a spreadsheet. And I was like, yes, but watch. It's a glorified spreadsheet mm-hmm. that allows us to do these 10 things. And he was blown away. It just offers the tracking in a much more user-friendly, and I personally think a cleaner look than if you were just using you know, Excel, if you weren't paying for a software system or a CRM system. So I love Airtable. I love its functionality. So far, all of our clients love it. And I would say it's very easy to use once you understand what you're doing. I would say there's a slight learning curve, but not by much. And it has really drastically changed how we help our clients. Right. A couple of other things on Airtable. So Sydney can see, for example, a connection, the connection acceptance rate by client. So that helps us have follow-up conversations. You know, if we see something that doesn't really align with where we think that number should be, how many people express interest, how many people move into a sales cycle. So we can, we start to gather a lot of data that is really useful. Um, We have a couple of clients where we have to report the metrics back on a monthly basis down, you know, all the way through to revenue. And through this process, we, we know the revenue we've generated for a client, we can begin to understand um, their client acquisition cost if that's important to them based on their investment. So we get a lot of information out of Airtable. Sydney also uses Airtable to run lots of other parts of our business. Everybody in our team, Sarah, we talked about it for content. Jim uses it to run to manage projects, and so does Sydney. So Airtable is a pretty much of a staple at Intero Advisory. And I think some of our clients actually adapt it for other uses within their businesses as well, if I'm not mistaken, Sydney. Yep. I mean, I've also adapted it for my weekly meal planning. <laughs> <laughs> so th- there's a lot of functionality. Airtable also offers a lot of different templates, which is essentially what I took and just created it for what our clients need. But I use it for a couple of things, you know, in and around my personal life. And Airtable is just very, it's a really great tool. So if you haven't gathered... Um, Sydney's not only very detail oriented, she's super creative. She has a couple of side hustles, including a hand lettering business. Um, she's beautiful hand lettering and candle making, um, which is a Tetra candle. So let's shameless plug there. 
in full disclosure, even more full disclosure, uh, she's my daughter. If you'd listened to this podcast before and you heard my conversations with Jim Cusick, they're married. So she too is a, a dog lover. Um, she loves nothing better to uh, read. She reads as fast as uh, the only other person I know that reads as fast as Sydney is actually my husband. And she loves a good vacation sitting on the beach reading in Cape May. Is that pretty much sum it up, Sid? That pretty much sums it up. <laughs> All right. So this was great. Um, and I know that everybody listening and our clients will get a lot of value out of hearing about Sales Navigator. If you take one nugget away from this conversation, I hope it's that, well, maybe I should revisit Sales Navigator, but I apply a strategy to it, a workflow. And by the way, lead through LinkedIn, but don't forget phone calls and email because Sydney always talks about that with clients as well, don't you? Yes, the multi-channel, multi-touch approach is what works best. Awesome. Sydney, thank you so much. We will be back with another episode of Standout on LinkedIn, Indispensable Truths, Tools, and Tips. We hope you take what we talk about here and really apply it to your intention to stand out on LinkedIn. Connect with us, get to know us on LinkedIn, connect with Sydney. Um, check out our website at interoadvisory.com. We have lots of valuable content inside. Our membership site is available through our website, interoadvisory.com. YouTube, check us out lots of different places. And as always, it's been ha- great having a conversation with you, Sydney. I'm Colleen, signing off until our next episode. Thanks for listening. Connect with us on LinkedIn, get to know us on LinkedIn, and on our website, interoadvisory.com. We have lots of valuable content, including Insight, our membership site, and more. We'd appreciate a shout out on your preferred channel, a review, or a comment on what you'd like us to discuss. You can listen in on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and other channels. Check out our tutorials on YouTube as well. Thanks very much for being a part of Stand Out on LinkedIn. 